Section 27 of Incidents of Travel in Central America, Chiapas and Yucatan, Volume 2, by John Lloyd Steffens. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Sue Anderson. The plaza presented a gay scene. It was the eve of the feet of El Corpus. Two sides of the plaza were occupied by corridors and the others were adorned with arbors of evergreens among which lights were interspersed gay parties were promenading under them and along the corridors and in front of the houses were placed chairs and benches for the use of the promenaders and all who chose to take them the city of merida contains about twenty thousand inhabitants it is founded on the site of an old indian village and dates from a few years after the conquest in different parts of the city are the remains of indian buildings as the capital of the powerful state of yucatan it had always enjoyed a high degree of consideration in the mexican confederacy and throughout the republic is famed for its sabios or learned men the state of yucatan had declared its independence of mexico indeed its independence was considered achieved news had been received of the capitulation of campeche and the surrender of the central garrison the last remnant of despotism was rooted out and the capital was in the first flush of successful revolution the pride of independence removed by position it was manifest that it would be no easy matter for mexico to reconquer it and probably like texas it is a limb forever lopped from that great but feeble and distracted republic it was pleasant to find that political animosities were not cherished with the same ferocity and centralists and liberals met like men of opposite parties at home the next day was the feat of corpus domini throughout all spanish america the greatest in the catholic church early in the morning at the tolling of the bell we went to the cathedral which with the palace of the bishop occupied one entire side of the plaza the interior was grand and imposing having a vaulted roof of stone and two rows of lofty stone pillars the choir was in the centre the altar richly adorned with silver but the great attraction was in the ladies kneeling before the altars with white or black veils laid over the top of the head some of them of saint-like purity and beauty in dress manners and appearance realizing the pictures of spanish romance indeed the spanish ladies appear nowhere so lovely as in church the associations of one of my acquaintances having turned out so well i determined to present a letter of introduction from friends in new york to don joaquin gutierrez whose family name stood high in merida and who to my surprise spoke english quite as well as we did he had gone the rounds of society in europe and the united states and like a good citizen had returned to marry one of the belles and beauties of his own country his family was from merida but he himself was resident at campeche and being a prominent centralist had left that city on account of its blockade by the federalists 
and in apprehensions of excesses that might be committed against obnoxious individuals should the place fall into their hands from his house we went to the plaza to see the procession after those we had seen in guatemala this was inferior and there were no devils but the gathering of people under the arbor and in the corridors presented a beautiful spectacle there were a large collection of indians both men and women the best-looking race we had seen and all were neatly dressed in the whole crowd there was not a single garment that was not clean that day and we were told that any indian too poor to appear in a fitting dress that morning would be too proud to appear at all the indian women were really handsome all were dressed in white with a red border around the neck sleeves and hem of their garments and their faces had a mild contented and amiable expression the higher classes were seated under the arbors before the doors of the houses and along the corridors elegantly attired without hats and with veils or flowers in their hair combining an elegance of appearance with simplicity of manners that made almost a scene of poetic beauty and they had an air of gaiety and freedom from disquietude so different from the careworn faces of guatemala that they seemed as if what god intended them to be happy in fact at this place it would have been no hardship to comply with the condition of purchasing palenque and yet perhaps some of the effect of this strong impression was only the result of comparison after the procession don joaquim proposed to call either upon the bishop or a lady who had a beautiful daughter the bishop was the greatest man in merida and lived in the greatest style but determined to make the best of our day in merida we chose the other branch of the alternative in the evening however we called upon him his palace was adjoining the cathedral and before the door was a large cross the entrance was through a courtyard with two rows of corridors we ascended to a second flight and entered an anteroom where we were received by a well-dressed official who notified the bishop of our coming and shortly afterward conducted us through three stately saloons with high ceilings and lighted with lamps in one of which was a chair of state covered with red damask which was carried up on the wall behind and ceiling over it from the last a door opened into a large room elegantly fitted up as a sleeping apartment in one corner of which was a large silver washhand basin with a silver pitcher and in the centre not a movable or not very easily moved sat the bishop a man several feet round handsomely dressed and in a chair made to fit stuffed and covered with red morocco neither pinching him nor permitting him to roll with a large firmly secured projecting earpiece on each side to catch his head during the siesta it had arms broad enough to support books and papers and seemed the work of a man of genius the lines of the bishop's face however 
indicated a man of high tone and character and his conversation sustained the impression he was a centralist and a great politician and spoke of letters from generals sieges blockades and battles in tones which brought up a vivid picture of some priestly warrior or grand master of the temple in conclusion he said that his influence his house and his table were at our service asked us to name a day for dining with him and said he would invite some friends to meet us we had many trials in our journey and it was not the least to decline this invitation but we had some hope that we might be able to share his hospitality on our return from Ushmal. from the bishop's palace we went to the theatre a large building built expressly for the purpose with two rows of boxes and a pit the upper tier of boxes was private the prima donna was a lady who sat next me at dinner at the hotel but i had better employment than attending to the performance in conversation with ladies who would have graced any circle one of them told me that there was to be a tertulia and a baglio at a country house near the town in a few days and to forego this was a harder trial than the loss of the bishop's dinner altogether the evening at the theatre consummated the satisfaction of the only day we passed in merida so that it remains impressed on my mind in bright relief to months of dullness the next morning at half-past six we set out for uxmal on horseback escorted by a servant of senor peon with indians before us one of whom carried a load not provided by us in which a box of claret was conspicuous leaving the city we entered upon a level stony road which seemed one bed of limestone cut through a forest of scrub trees at the distance of a league we saw through a vista in the trees a large hacienda belonging to the peon family the entrance to which was by a large gate into a cattle yard the house was built of stone and had a front of about a hundred and fifty feet with an arcade running the whole length it was raised about twenty feet and at the foot was a large water trough extending the whole length about ten feet wide and of the same depth filled with water for cattle on the left was a flight of stone steps leading to a stone platform on which the hacienda stood at the end of this structure was an artificial reservoir or tank also built of stone and cemented about one hundred and fifty feet square and perhaps twenty feet deep at the foot of the wall of the tank was a plantation of hennequin a species of aloe from the fibers of which hemp is made the style of the house the strong and substantial character of the reservoir and its apparent costliness gave an imposing character to the hacienda at this place our indian carriers left us and we took others from the hacienda with whom we continued three leagues further to another hacienda of the family of much the same character where we stopped to breakfast this over we set out again 
and by this time it had become desperately hot the road was very rough over a bed of stone thinly covered with barely soil enough for the growth of scrub trees our saddles were of a new fashion and most painfully trying to those unused to them the heat was very oppressive and the leagues very long till we reached another hacienda a vast irregular pile of buildings of dark gray stone that might have been the castle of a german baron in feudal times each of these haciendas had an indian name this was called the hacienda of vallalques and it was the only one of which dona joaquina in speaking of our route had made any particular mention the entrance was by a large stone gateway with a pyramidal top into a long lane on the right of which was a shed built by don simon since his return from the united states as a rope walk for manufacturing hemp raised on the hacienda and there was one arrangement which added very much to the effect and which i did not observe anywhere else the cattle yard and water tanks were on one side and out of sight we dismounted under the shade of noble trees in front of the house and ascended by a flight of broad stone steps to a corridor thirty feet wide with large mattings which could be rolled up or dropped as an awning for protection against the sun and rain on one side the corridor was continued around the building and on the other it conducted to the door of a church having a large cross over it and within ornamented with figures like the churches in towns for the tenants of the hacienda the whole establishment was lordly in its appearance it had fifteen hundred indian tenants bound to the master by a sort of feudal tenure and as the friends of the master escorted by a household servant the whole was ours we had fallen unexpectedly upon a state of things new and peculiar the peninsula of yucatan lying between the bays of campeche and honduras is a vast plain cape catoche the northeastern point of the peninsula is but fifty-one leagues from san antonio the western extremity of the island of cuba which is supposed at a remote period to have formed part of the american continent the soil and atmosphere are extremely dry along the whole coast from campeche to cape catoche there is not a single stream or spring of fresh water the interior is equally destitute and water is the most valuable possession in the country during the season of rains from april to the end of october there is a superabundant supply but the scorching sun of the next six months dries up the earth and unless water were preserved man and beast would perish and the country be depopulated all the enterprise and wealth of the landed proprietors therefore are exerted in procuring supplies of water as without it the lands are worth nothing for this purpose each hacienda has large tanks and reservoirs constructed and kept up at great expense to supply water for six months to all dependent upon it 
and this creates a relation with the indian population which places the proprietor somewhat in the position of a lord under the old feudal system by the act of independence the indians of mexico as well as the white population became free no man can buy or sell another whatever may be the color of his skin but as the indians are poor thriftless and improvident and never look beyond the immediate hour they are obliged to attach themselves to some hacienda which can supply their wants and in return for the privilege of using the water they come under certain obligations of service to the master which place him in a lordly position and this state of things growing out of the natural condition of the country exists i believe nowhere in spanish america except in yucatan each hacienda has its major-domo who attends to all the details of the management of the estate and in the absence of the master is his viceroy and has the same powers over the tenants at this hacienda the major-domo was a young mestizo who had fallen into his place in an easy and natural way by marrying his predecessor's daughter who had just enough white blood to elevate the dullness of the indian face into one of softness and sweetness and yet it struck me that he thought quite as much of the place he got with her as of herself it would have been a great satisfaction to pass several days at this lordly hacienda but not expecting anything to interest us on the road we had requested doña joaquina to hurry us through and the servant told us that the senora's orders were to conduct us to another hacienda of the family about two leagues beyond to sleep at the moment we were particularly loath to leave on account of the fatigue of the previous ride the servant suggested to the major-domo llamar un coche in english to call a coach which the latter proposed to do if we wished it we made a few inquiries and said unhesitatingly and peremptorily in effect go call a coach and let a coach be called the major-domo ascended by a flight of stone steps outside to the belfry of the church whither we followed him and turning around with a movement and tone of voice that reminded us of a mussulman in a minaret calling the faithful to prayers he called for a coach the roof of the church and of the whole pile of buildings connected was of stone cemented firm and strong as a pavement the sun beat intensely upon it and for several minutes all was still at length we saw a single indian trotting through the woods toward the hacienda then two together and in a quarter of an hour there were twenty or thirty these were the horses the coaches were yet growing on the trees six indians were selected for each coach who with a few minutes use of the machete cut a bundle of poles which they brought up to the corridor to manufacture into coaches this was done first by laying on the ground two poles about as thick as a man's wrist 
ten feet long and three feet apart these were fastened by cross sticks tied with strings of unspun hemp about two feet from each end grass hammocks were secured between the poles boughs bent over them and covered with light matting and the coaches were made we placed our ponchos at the head for pillows crawled inside and lay down the indians took off little cotton shirts covering the breast and tied them around their petates as hatbands four of them raised up each coach and placed the ends of the poles on little cushions on their shoulders we bade farewell to the major-domo and his wife and feet first descended the steps and set off at a trot while an indian followed leading the horses in the great relief we experienced we forgot our former scruples against making beasts of burden of men they were not troubled with any sense of indignity or abasement and the weight was not much there were no mountains only some small inequalities which brought the head lower than the heels and they seldom stumbled in this way they carried us about three miles and then laid us down gently on the ground like the indians in merida they were a fine-looking race and with a good expression of countenance cheerful and even merry in their toil they were amused at us because we could not talk with them there is no diversity of indian languages in yucatan the maya is universal and all the spaniards speak it having wiped off the perspiration and rested they took us up again and lulled by the quiet movement and the regular fall of the indian's feet upon the ear i fell into a doze from which i was roused by stopping at a gate on entering which i found we were advancing to a range of white stone buildings standing on an elevation about twenty feet high which by measurement afterward i found to be three hundred and sixty feet long with an imposing corridor running the whole length and on the extreme right of the building the platform was continued one or two hundred feet forming the top of a reservoir on which there was a windlass with long arms and indian women dressed in white were moving round in a circle drawing water and filling their water jars this was called the hacienda of mucuiche we entered as usual through a large cattle yard at the foot of the structure on which the building stood running nearly the whole length was a gigantic stone tank about eight or ten feet wide and of the same depth filled with water we were carried up an inclined stone platform about the center of the range of buildings which consisted of three distinct sets each one hundred and twenty feet front in that on the left was the church the door of which was open and an old indian was then lighting candles at the altar for vesper prayers in front setting a little back were the apartments of the major-domo and at the other end of the range the mansion of the master in the corridor of which we were set down and crawled out of our coaches there was something monstrously aristocratic in being borne on the shoulders of tenants from such a hacienda as that we had left 
to this stately pile the whole appearance of things gave an idea of country residence upon a scale of grand hospitality and yet we learned to our astonishment that most of the family had never seen it the only one by whom it was ever visited was the son who had it in charge and he came only for a few days at a time to see how things were conducted and examine the accounts of the major-domo the range consisted of a single suite of rooms one in the centre about eighty feet long and one on each side communicating about forty feet long each and a noble corridor extended along the whole front and rear we had an hour of daylight which i could have employed very satisfactorily on the spot but the servant urged us to go immediately and see a cenote what a cenote was we had no idea and mr c being much fatigued turned into a hammock but unwilling to lose anything where all was strange and unexpected i followed the servant crossed the roof of the reservoir cemented as hard as stone passed on to an open tank built of stone covered with cement inside and out about one hundred and fifty feet square and twenty feet deep filled with water in which twenty or thirty indians were swimming and descending to the foot of the tank at the distance of about a hundred yards came to a large opening in the ground with a broad flight of more than fifty steps descending which i saw unexpectedly a spectacle of such extraordinary beauty that i sent the servant back to tell mr catherwood to come to me forthwith if he had to be carried in his hammock it was a large cavern or grotto with a roof of unbroken overhanging rock high enough to give an air of wildness and grandeur impenetrable at midday to the sun's rays and at the bottom water pure as crystal still and deep resting upon a bed of white limestone rock it was the very creation of romance a bathing-place for diana and her nymphs grecian poet never imagined so beautiful a scene it was almost a profanation but in a few minutes we were swimming around the rocky basin with feelings of boyish exultation only regretting that such a freak of nature was played where so few could enjoy its beauties on a nobleman's estate in england it would be above all price the bath reinvigorated our frames it was after dark when we returned hammocks were waiting for us and very soon we were in a profound sleep chapter twenty four journey resumed arrival at uxmal hacienda of uxmal major domos adventures of a young spaniard visit to the ruins of uxmal first sight of the ruins character of the indians details of hacienda life a delicate case illness of mr catherwood breaking up at daybreak the next morning with new indians and a guide on horseback from the hacienda we resumed our journey the surface of the country was the same limestone with scrub trees 
there was not soil enough to absorb the water which rested in puddles in the hollows of the stones at nine o'clock we reached another hacienda smaller than the last but still having a lordly appearance where as before the women were drawing water by a wheel the major-domo expressed his sense of the honor conferred upon him by our visit and his anxiety to serve us gave us a breakfast of milk tortillas and wild honey and furnished us with other indians and a guide we mounted again very soon the sun became intensely hot there were no trees to shade us and we suffered excessively at half-past twelve we passed some mounds of ruins a little off the road but the sun was so scorching that we could not stop to examine them and at two o'clock we reached Ushmal. little did i think when i made the acquaintance of my unpretending friend at the spanish hotel in fulton street that i should ride upward of fifty miles on his family estates carried by his indians and breakfasting dining and sleeping at his lordly haciendas while the route marked out for our return would bring us to others one of which was larger than any we had seen the family of peon under the spanish dominion had given governors to the province of yucatan on the establishment of independence its present head a staunch royalist retired in disgust from all kinds of employment and the whole of the large family estates were managed by the senora doña joaquina unfortunately don simon had left for merida and we had missed him on the way moreover owing to the heat of the sun and our awkward saddles we arrived at the end of this triumphal march in a dreadfully jaded and forlorn condition and perhaps we never dismounted more utterly worn out and uncomfortable the hacienda of uxmal was built of dark gray stone ruder in appearance and finish than any of the others with a greater appearance of antiquity and at a distance looked like an old baronial castle a year before it had been given to don simon by his father and he was making large repairs and additions to the building though as his family never visited it and he only came for a few days at a time for what purpose i could not conceive it had its cattle-yard in front with tanks of water around some with green vegetation on the top and there was an unwholesome sensation of dampness it had too its church which contained a figure of nuestro senor our lord revered by the indians of all the haciendas around the fame of which had reached the household servants at merida and which was the first object that attracted the attention of our guide the whole hacienda was immediately at our disposal but worn down with heat and fatigue we took at once to our hammocks the hacienda had two major domos one a mestizo who understood the language and business and in the other we found an acquaintance or at least what seemed so for about the time that we left new york he was a waiter at delmonico's it was a strange encounter at this out-of-the-way place 
to be brought into close connection with this well-known restaurant which in that country seemed the seat of art and fountain of happiness he was a young spaniard from catalonia who with a friend having taken part in some defeated insurrection fled to cuba whence on the point of being discovered they escaped to new york penniless ignorant of the language with no means of getting a livelihood both were received by delmonico as waiters at his restaurant where the friend rose to be head chocolate maker but he was languishing as simple waiter when don simon proposed to him to go to uxmal without knowing where he was going except that it was to some part of spanish america or what was to be his business he found himself in a retired place surrounded by indians whose language he could not understand and having no one near him with whom he could exchange a word except the majordomo these majordomos form a class in yucatan who need sharp looking after like the scotch servant applying for a place they are not particular about wages and are satisfied with what little they can pick up about the house this is the character of most of the majordomos and the position of the young man being white intelligent and honest had advantages in that country as don simon intended to give him as soon as he understood the business a superintendence over the majordomos of three or four haciendas but unfortunately he wanted energy felt the want of society and the loneliness of his situation remembered scenes of enjoyment with his friend and other waiters and at uxmal talked of the opera and when at dinner-time he drew a feeling picture of delmonico's saloon we sympathized with him cordially End of section twenty seven